0: You hold my world in your hand. You hold my world in your hand. You know, sometimes we have to be reminded. As a matter of fact, I think every every so often we need to be reminded that we're not God and that this world doesn't revolve around our whims, our wishes, or our wants. Sometimes we have to be reminded that ultimately God is in charge and that should not be a place of rebellion or fighting. That should be a place of peace when you recognize that God holds your world in his hands. That that should be a place of rest. That should be a place of Just the greatest joy to realize that. Thank you, Praise Team. Thank you, Elder Taylor, for reminding us of that today. Now, a couple of things before we move forward into our message, because if I wait till the end, some of you are going to miss it, because as soon as I finish and get through preaching, you're gone. So let me remind you now on the first Sunday in October, the first Sunday in October. Uh, we will be having in-person worship in the sanctuary. Uh, We're going to do something maybe once a month or so. Here's what the Lord showed me and reminded me. You know, for those who are introverts, for those who can live without people, don't like being around a lot of people, man, being in isolation is, is, is a wonderful thing. I mean, it's really nothing. But for those of you who are extroverts, for those of you who want to be around people and see people, even if it's from a distance, man, the last 18 to 20 months have been crazy for you, nerve wracking for you. And so I want to make sure that we give ample opportunity for people in our congregation to be able to come together in a safe fashion and worship the Lord together and be able to see other people in person If that is your choice. Now, we're still going to be on the digital platform, so you don't need to feel obligated to come out. I'm asking everyone, uh, first of all, to wear a mask. We'll be checking temperatures as you come in. And I'm hoping that you have gotten your vaccination. Now, again, vaccinations don't keep you from getting COVID as much as they keep you from suffering from the symptoms in a very severe way, you can still be asymptomatic and be carrying the virus and give it to somebody else, which is why we're going to be wearing masks and we're going to be practicing physical distancing here. And if you like the fellowship afterwards, you do it outside in the open air, right? We're not gonna be kissing and 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 hugging and and doing what we would normally do as members of the family of faith in the sanctuary. But right after church, we're gonna be going out 10 a.m. 10 a.m. We will be here in the sanctuary first Sunday. Go to goodhope.org and register because we're limiting the number to only 200. Okay, so go to goodhope.org and pre-register and you can do that today. That's for the first Sunday in October. Uh, Also want to give you an opportunity to give. Don't forget, there are six ways that you can give on the digital platform and you can give throughout the message being streamed unless you're using that device to give. But... You have an opportunity to worship the Lord in giving. And I want to thank you for your faithfulness in that effort. All right. Don't forget, first Sunday, in person, 10 a.m., 3015 North McGregor Way. For those of you who would like to come and we will be practicing social or physical distancing. We're going to be wearing masks. I'm encouraging everybody to get their vaccines. Please, ma'am, please, sir, if you got your vaccines back in January, February, March, time for you to think about now getting that booster uh, to make sure you remain at that safe level of immunity so you're not devastated if you catch COVID-19. Too many people are passing, too many young people are dying who chose not to get the vaccine and their bodies are being adversely affected by the variant. All right, let's go to God in prayer. Father, Thank you for this time. Thank you for your word. I pray now, God, that everything that we do and everything that we say will be pleasing in your sight and will help us to walk closer to you. We love you. We ask you to have your way. It's in Jesus' name. We pray. Amen. What causes a person to lose confidence in someone? What causes a person to lose trust in someone? Uh, typically, we start off with at least a level of confidence. We, we, we start off thinking more positive than negative. Until a person shows us that they can't be trusted and then the confidence begins to wane. For example, if you've ever been an athlete and you were on the field, if you know that you had a person, for example, on the court that couldn't shoot but always shot, that's a person that you would not pass the ball, especially when you needed a basket. Because somehow that person has an inflated view of themselves and their ability. And whenever you pass them the ball, they're going to shoot it. And you're like, no, because you don't believe that they will make the shot that they are going to take. Professional football is back in play and they were talking about the confidence of a quarterback in his receiver's. And how important it is for that quarterback to have confidence in his receivers if he's going to throw them the ball. Does he trust that receiver to catch the ball and if in trouble to make sure the opposing team does not intercept the pass? There's got to be a level of trust there to have confidence in that receiver. But my brothers and sisters, let me ask you a question. I understand when a quarterback won't pass a receiver a ball. I understand because of a lack of ability, for example, you may not have confidence that somebody can cook dinner, even though they say they want to cook because either you've never seen them do it before or you've never tasted their cooking or you have tasted it. And you just don't think they can handle it. I understand not having confidence in those situations. But what is it that keeps you from having confidence in God? I understand when a quarterback won't pass a receiver a ball because he thinks that receiver is going to drop the pass. But what keeps you from passing your problems to God? Especially when God has not let you down. Or maybe God has let you down. Either way, you're you're living your life with a lack of confidence in God's ability to do what you need done in your life. And, And if you were looking for a spiritual word, a synonym for confidence, That word is faith. Do you have faith to trust God, to believe God? Today, for a few moments, I want to continue our series, Being a Believer Every Day. What it means to be a believer every day. And I want to continue our thought that we started on last week, talking to you from the thought, living a lifestyle of faith. Living a lifestyle of faith. This is part two of the message that we started on last week. Now, the final section of Romans, as many of Paul's epistles are outlaid, literally moves us to this idea of what it means to put all of the doctrine that was previously shared into practice. What are we going to do now with the principles? How do we put them in practice? What do we do with the rules? How do we put them into practice? What do we do with the doctrine? How do we put this into practice into our everyday living? So Paul begins the Romans chapter 12. He begins Romans chapter 12 with this admonition. Therefore, right? Therefore, based on everything else that he had said, Prior to Romans 12:1, he says, I, I beseech you by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Right? Don't, don't be conformed to this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Give yourself to God. And today I want to continue this idea of what it means to walk by faith because here's what I have come to understand. Even when you start doing the right thing and you are living the right way and you have the right attitude, there will come a point, a place in time where you have to be reminded because it is so easy to drift away. Even when you are benefiting from how you have been living. See, for somebody that's watching right now, it's not like you have never had faith and it's not like you have never had trust and confidence in God. But for some reason, you've gone through a time period where that trust and that confidence of, in God has begun to wane. You're not quite as boastful in the Lord as you used to be. You're not quite as confident that God is going to bring you through as you used to be. Maybe it's because the test has been longer than you expected. Maybe it's because the trials have been greater than you anticipated. Whatever the reason is, today I want to encourage you to build your confidence in God, to show your trust and your faith in God. Paul in Romans chapter 12 verse 12 lets us know that we can conquer the trials of our life with confidence in God by doing three critical things. Here's the first thing. Number one, your faith is real when you can rejoice in your hope in the Lord no matter what's going on around you. Your faith is real. Your confidence in God is real when you can rejoice in your hope in the Lord, no matter what's going on around you. Look at verse 12. Rejoice in our confident hope. The New Living Translation says rejoice in our confident hope. The ESV translation says rejoice in hope. On earth, you will face problems, you will face difficulties, you will face troubles, you will face trials, you will face tests, you will face tribulations, traumas, ordeals, pain and predicaments. But here's what Paul says. Your faith is an overcoming resource that you must put into practice. If you are going to live above the line of depression and walk in joy, you must see faith, specifically your faith in God as an overcoming resource. So watch what the text says. The text says rejoice, rejoice. It's a command to be cheerful, to to be calmly happy. Uh, this sense of of rejoicing is is rooted in a confidence in God that no matter what's going on, I have confidence and believe that it's going to work out because I know in whose hands my life is. Uh, opening day of the National Football League season. Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are in a game and they, at the end of that game, are losing. And the team that they are playing is in front and they left, I think, a minute and 24 seconds on the clock. No timeouts. And I'm literally watching the game saying to myself, this game is over. Tom Brady's going to win. I said that because Tom Brady has a history of marching down the field and his team being put in a scoring position when they need the score the most. Sure enough, I'm, man, I'm watching the game, and literally like clockwork is bing, bing, little pass over here, little pass on the edge, person runs out of, out of bounds, stops the clock, runs in the middle of the field, man, stops the clock. Here we go, bang, 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 and they end up winning the game. To a commentator, every one of them said there was too much time on the clock, Left for Tom Brady to do what he does. Right? There's a confidence, man, that people have in that man when you put the ball in his hand. And he has shown it doesn't matter what team he plays for. He did it in New England. He does it in Tampa Bay. And I'm not a Tom Brady fan, but I appreciate and respect greatness. And his teammates have confidence in him. They believe that he can do it, right? That that rejoicing in God is rooted in that confidence in God basically saying, you know what? God's got more than enough time on the clock. God's got more than enough power to do what needs to be done the way it needs to be done. I'm going to rejoice in my hope. that's That's why the writer talks about A confident hope. The New Living Translation. I love that. A confident hope. Rejoice in a confident hope. Not 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 a not a weary hope. No, he said, no, be confident in your hope, in your hope. Now, watch this. It's not just a confidence in hope because hope is not the object of the confidence. The confident hope has an object and that object Is God so that idea of rejoicing in hope right to have an expectation a confidence that what needs to be done is going to be done and whatever it is I'm going through that God is going to make it work out all right Paul says rejoice in that confident hope that confident hope In the Lord, see, see, here's here's the confident hope that we need to have the confident hope you and I need to have. What we need to rejoice in is the understanding that either God will remove the trial or God will bring you through the trial. You need to rejoice in the confident hope in that what God doesn't keep you from God will keep you through. Somebody right now needs to stop and rejoice right where you are. Because here's what's happened. In the midst of everything that you're going through, your confidence has been waning. Your confidence in God has been waning. And Paul says, no, no, no. You need to rejoice in your confident hope in God. Because you have a belief that God will come through. And God will see you through. Your faith reminds you that you've never had to face a trial alone. And that no situation is hopeless when God is on your side. Look at 1 Peter chapter 1, beginning at verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again, to live a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. First Peter chapter 4, look at verse 12. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you, but rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings, that you also may rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. Look at Romans chapter 5, verse 1. It's right here in the text. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing That suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. You got to rejoice in that confident hope. Have a confidence in God. That what God is doing, even though you may not see it right now, is always going to be for your good, your growth and ultimately for his glory. Here's the second thing. Number two, your faith is real when you learn how to be patient when you're in trouble. Your faith is real when you learn how to be patient when you're in trouble. It's right here in the B part of verse 12. Look at what it says. Rejoice in our confident hope be patient in trouble. The ESV says, be patient in tribulation. Now that word patient is an interesting word because it literally means to endure, to persevere, to abide, to bear up bravely to. There's not a sense of squirming. There's not a sense of anxiety. There's not a sense of putting forth extraordinary effort to try to get out of a situation, he says, no, be patient in tribulation. Persevere. Stay under. Endure. Know that God is doing something. That word for tribulation or trouble is pressure, pressure that can come from the outside or pressure that can well up and boil up from the inside. Persecution, something that can happen that somebody can inflict upon you, or maybe it's something that is rising within you. He says, you've got to learn how to be patient in your tribulation. Now, now listen carefully. How can faith help you to endure trials and tribulations? How can faith in God help you to patiently wait in your tribulation? Faith has a variety of manifestations. Typically, when we talk about faith, we we talk about it from the perspective of what we can get from God. But faith has a variety of manifestations recorded in Scripture to help us see that in whatever situation you are in, faith can help you get through it. And remember, it's not faith, it's faith in God. Right. You have to have the right object for your faith. Matter of fact, if you go over to Hebrews chapter 11 and look at verses four through 40, you will see a variety of examples of faith in action. Same God who called for faith, but that faith helped each Get through a different situation in a different way. There was a different manifestation of what came from putting that overcoming source into practice. Look at, look at Hebrews chapter 11. You, you'll see it with me if, if you can't take my word for it. When you look at Abel, Abel had a worshiping faith. It was a faith that worshiped God and offered to God the best that he had. When you look at at, at Abel, he had a worshiping faith, but Enoch had a walking faith. His faith in God manifested itself in the way he he walked, in the way he lived his life. And the Bible says that Enoch walked with God. Uh, Noah had a a faith. It it wasn't as much a worshiping faith or walking faith. It was a, a, a working faith. He built an ark for rain in a place that had never seen rain in the lifetime of the people who were around him. He had a working faith. Moses had a warring faith, a fighting faith, a faith that would help him to lead the children of Israel out of Egyptian bondage. Joshua and Rahab had a winning faith. A faith that when they face opposition would allow them to hold on to God and be victorious at the end of the struggle. The patriarchs had a waiting faith. God gave them a promise, but they had to have faith to wait on him. And watch this when their faith wavered. I'm thinking about Abraham now. And he took matters into his own hands him taking matters into his own hands never changed the promise that God gave him. It just created consequences that he had to live with and we still live with into this day. Paul says, be patient in your tribulation. Exercise faith in God. In waiting on God, be patient. In your tribulation, it's a waiting faith that Paul is referring to a waiting faith in the Lord that can give you and give me what we need to endure, no matter what we're going through. See, maybe it's tough for you right now. Uh, For somebody, you're impatient. Because watch this. You want God to get you out of the tribulation. You want God to get you out of the trial. You're looking for immediate relief. And God is saying, while you want to get out of the tribulation, you don't understand there's something I'm trying to get out of you through the tribulation. There's something that God is trying to develop within you. Can I tell you something? And every now and then, the Holy Ghost has to remind me of this. It is not God's obligation to give me what I want, open every door I want open, close every door I want closed, and to bless me in every way I want to be blessed. At the end of the day, you know what pleases God? You know what ultimately will please God? When we can be presented faultless before his throne with exceeding great joy. Period. Not the stuff, not what we have, not where we've been, not what we have acquired. But when God can present us and he's molding us and making us and shaping us in order to get us to become the people that he wants us to be. Not so we can have the possessions that we want to have, but so we can become the person that he wants us to be, one that brings glory to him. Look at Ephesians chapter 3, beginning at verse 16, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power, patience in trouble is faith when it waits, when you learn how to wait in the Lord. Here's the third and final thing. Number three, your faith is real when you learn how to pray constantly. Your faith is real when you learn how to pray constantly, when you learn how to rejoice in the confident hope that you have in the Lord when you learn how to be patient in trouble, and when you learn how to pray constantly. That's what it says in the C part of Romans 12, verse 12. Look at it. Rejoice in our confident hope, be patient in trouble, and keep on praying. The ESV translation says, be constant in prayer. That idea of keeping on or being constant is continuing instantly to pray. It it means to give constant attention to praying. It's not just something that you should do in the morning or something you should do in the evening, not high noon or at night. It's every day, all day. You should be constantly praying. You should be constantly seeking God and constantly turning over to God so that it becomes a part of your lifestyle. It is as important to you as a believer as breathing is to the human body. He says, you should be praying always. You should be praying. You should be petitioning. You should be seeking God always whether it's your adoration to God, your confession to God, giving thanks to God or your supplication to God, you should be praying always. Praying always. See, you can overcome trials by giving constant attention to God and seeking God and praying to God Because in seeking God and praying to God, you remind yourself that you have somebody bigger than you are to help you handle life. One of the greatest gifts, parents, those of you who are listening, one of the greatest gifts you can give to your children is not praying for them privately, but praying with them publicly. Helping them to understand that mama and daddy need to pray. And they need to rely upon God so that your children see in your example that they need to grow up learning how to lean and depend on God. They shouldn't have to eavesdrop at your door to hear you praying At the foot of your bed. No, you should bring them in and teach them beyond just a Thanksgiving dinner prayer or a family dinner prayer. You should teach them that prayer is a part of your life every day of your life. Pray as you go out, pray when they come in. Pray asking for God's protection. Pray when they come back, giving him thanks. But your life should be a life that is consistently, consistently showing the power of prayer. Matthew 26 verse 41 says, keep watching, pray so that you will not give in to temptation. For the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Come on, how many times when the body gets weak do you sincerely and really pray? Matter of fact, how many times do you pray so your body won't get weak? Because you're not praying just to strengthen your spirit, you are praying trying to keep That summa, that body, that instrument and tool in place. Luke 18 verse 1. One day Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. Well, you got to read that story when you get a chance. That, that, that widow that keeps on knocking at the door of the judge because she feels like she has been dealt with unjustly and she keeps on knocking at the door. She keeps on knocking at the door. And finally, he comes to the door and he basically says, man, this woman has been knocking on the door. She's been bugging me so much. Let me make sure she gets the justice that she needs. And Jesus says to his disciples, learn a lesson from this unjust judge. If this unjust judge would acquiesce to a woman who keeps knocking on his door, won't God, your father, hear you when you knock on the door of heaven through your prayers? He says, keep on praying. Keep on praying. Verse 23, John 16 in that day, you will ask nothing of me. Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, He will give it to you. until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. First Thessalonians 5:17, pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. First Chronicles 16, 11, Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence continually. All I'm trying to get you to do is understand that your faith is put in action when you pray. And for somebody, if you have lost confidence in God. If you have not been exercising your faith in God. Start praying more. Start worrying less and start praying more. Pray in the morning. Pray in the noonday. Pray when the sun goes down. Pray when you're feeling good. Pray when you're feeling bad. Learn how to pray. God and seek God's face and God's direction and if you've got nothing else to pray about just send God a thank you prayer thank you for waking me up this morning thank you for clothing me in my right mind thank you for putting food on the table thank you for making a way out of nowhere Just, just make sure that you pray. Listen to me carefully. You can live by faith when you learn that faith manifests itself in different ways. And for somebody, you need to exercise a waiting faith. It's not about a faith that gets you more stuff, it's about a faith that will keep you where you are. And Paul says, when you learn how to rejoice, when you learn how to be patient and when you learn how to pray, your confidence or your faith in God will be strengthened as you continue on your journey. Let's pray. Father, thank you for today. I thank you, God, for the reminder in your word that we can't do it, we can't make it if we don't have confidence, if we don't have faith, if we don't have trust in you. When we cannot trust or have confidence in what we can see, God help us to have confidence and faith in the God who sees everything. when we can't have faith or confidence or trust in what's being done around us help us God to have faith and confidence in you knowing that nothing is going to happen without your knowledge and without your permission for somebody God Their confidence has waned because of the process. But help them to know, God, that you're concerned about the product that is going to be produced out of the process. Help them to have confidence in you in the process to know that you have not brought them this far to leave them now. And that you're not through blessing them. We love you, and we ask your blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, my brothers and sisters, listen, if you are watching today and you need the Lord in your life, I want to show you how to ask Jesus Christ into your life. If you would click on the link that says, I want to accept Christ, but how, we'll show you how to pray the prayer of salvation, how to ask the Lord Jesus Christ to be Savior and Lord of your life and then get you started in your walk with God. If you want to become part of our church family, and I'm grateful to God, man, God has been so faithful since we have been in this pandemic. We've had people uh, every month, sometimes weeks in a row who have united with our church family virtually. Grateful to the Lord for those who united just this past week who said they want to become part of this church family. And that opportunity is open to those of you, no matter where you live, near or far. We are moving quickly and expeditiously to make sure we can help facilitate your discipleship on the digital platform. So even if you can't get here, we want to help you get closer to God. And if you give us this season of your journey, we'll help you do that. So just click on the link. I want to become part of the church. I want to join the church and we'll help you get there. Amen. I want to thank those of you who are watching both near and far. Thank you for being with us and sharing with us as we get ready to go down from this place. Let me remind you, first Sunday in October, first Sunday in October, we will be meeting in person, in person, first Sunday in October, 10 a.m., to the first 200 to register. Go to our website, goodhope.org, goodhope.org if you would like to register. All of the mandates and rules for coming will be listed there, including masks. You have to wear a mask. Doesn't matter whether you've been vaccinated or not. In the large group setting, you will be required to wear a mask. We're also gonna be taking temperatures of people who are coming in. Just as an extra safety precaution, want to encourage you to get vaccinated, but even if you're vaccinated, I've been vaccinated and I've gotten my booster shot, but I'm still going to be wearing a mask as I interact with people here in the sanctuary so we're looking forward to this time for some of you who just need to get out and you want to see the rest of the family you know it's amazing when you see folk and you're like man I'm just glad you made it you know what I mean because we're hearing about so many people who are sick so many people who have not recovered so many people who have passed away and so it's just good to be able to renew the fellowship with our brothers and sisters in the Lord. All right. Listen, last but not least, God is doing something wonderful and amazing in your life. I know he's doing something wonderful and amazing here at our church corporately. And I know God is doing some things in you personally as well. So continue to lift up the Lord, give him the glory, give him the honor, keep your focus on him. Oh, and don't forget, support my youngest son, Brandon. All right. Got a commercial coming up. As soon as we get through, come on, God is doing something wonderful in you.